WOL Washington, D.C. WMMJ HD3 Bethesda. WKYS HD3 Washington. WPRS HD3 Waldorf and worldwide at WOLDCNews.com. The views and opinions of the following show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of News Talk 1450 WOL, Radio 1 Incorporated, or their management. You are now tuned in to the Mind of an Entrepreneur show. Discover mental strategies for navigating the world of business with your host, entrepreneur, and business leader, Wendy Muhammad. You are tuned in to the Mind of an Entrepreneur show, and I'm your host, Wendy Muhammad. I hope you tuned in last week for the thought-provoking conversation I had with the Dr. George C. Frazier. Uh, if you missed it, just go to the WOL rep website and listen to it on demand. There are links on my social media pages for you to check out. I was also an honored guest on the All-Star Podcast. No, let me say it right. The All-Star Power Podcast series. That was Saturday, May 2nd at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you missed that, you can check that out on demand by visiting www.watchpowerpodcast.com. And Ramadan Mubarak to all of those who are fasting. This fast has been incredibly revealing for me and has, you know, severely heightened my already high sensitivity levels. Um, I've been especially sensitive to the plight of African Americans and Hispanics during this pandemic. And I've been driven to think about solutions that, we as conscious entrepreneurs can offer. So last week on the show, George and I discussed the responsibility that we have as conscious entrepreneurs during war. I got a few comments from some of you who didn't like my use of the word war, and in case that word frightens you, think about it like this. Let me put some statistics up here to read to you. Um, The coronavirus in total, check this out, has killed more people than the Vietnam War and African-Americans represent close to 50% of all COVID-19-related deaths. During 1968, the deadliest year of the United, for the United States in Vietnam, the death toll of 16,899 occurred at about half this pandemic rate. So 8.5 troops were killed for every 100,000 U.S. residents. So if you add the 100 deaths annually that we're experiencing from other diseases and the accelerated death rate related to COVID-19, then African-Americans are dying in record numbers, and it's time to do something about this. And remember, I'm just talking about healthcare-related deaths. I'm not even talking about other reasons we die. <laughs> Wait a minute, we're not, we want to get into that. So, you know, my goal here today is to raise your awareness and offer a couple solutions that I believe will help us to take over our health care. It'll help us slow down this death rate and reduce our vulnerability to pandemics like COVID-19. And in case you're wondering, my credentials for being able to discuss this topic with a relatively reasonable level of authority is my ownership of a healthcare facility. For the past 10 years, I've been a partner at the Minimally Invasive Vascular Centers where We've saved well over 30,000 lives and limbs. And I led the team, developed operating systems, constructed policies and procedures, building design concepts, presented certificate of needs exemptions to uh, regulatory uh, regulatory bodies, 
conducted vendor setup and contract negotiations, created staffing strategies, survey preparation, leadership, and um, spearheaded the construction of our new micro-hospital that was completed in 2018. It was a huge undertaking. Um, I studied for about a year before we even went to present our exemption for a certificate of need. So, and I have, I've been deeply entrenched in this subject, and I'm on the front lines as an advocate for those who suffer from the rampant healthcare disparities that exist in our, our, our industry. Um, so this is the Mind of an Entrepreneur show, where I share mental strategies and offer free game on how to navigate the world of business. I offer a unique approach to business that combines traditional disciplines with consciousness. I'm an international businesswoman and industry disruptor, global thought leader, philanthropist, and master business uh, developer and real estate developer. I always want to say thank you to the staff here at Radio 1 and Ms. Kathy Hughes for making this opportunity to share information like this possible, especially during times like this. My goal is to help marginalized people around the world gain access to tools and strategies that will help us to become stronger, healthier, happier, wealthier, and to experience more love. And I'm working to build a model using mental strategies that will help make doing for self infectious. So, yes, we are at war. Let's, let's break down some statistics here so you don't think I'm just running my mouth, okay? <laughs> During 1968... Um, let's talk about this again. The deadliest year for the U.S. in Vietnam, the death toll was uh, 16,899 soldiers. And, and that occurred at about half of the COVID-19 pandemic rate. So 8.5 troops were killed for every 100,000 U.S. residents. Now, this COVID-19 pandemic has also been marked by nationwide death tolls surpassing 2,000 after just six days last month. The highest reported daily toll for Americans fighting in the Vietnam War was on January 31st, 1968, when 246 U.S. personnel were killed during the Tet Offensive. Think about those numbers. Now, I'm not one who sits and looks at the news and tracks the death rate. I see it up in the corner, you know, of the screen during most news shows, and I don't even look at it because it just agitates me. But with so many people dying all around us, I just can't ignore it. I posted on my social media pages a report from a New York City nurse or a nurse who lives in New York City. She lives and works in New York City. And she created this post about her experiences and she used this phrase. She said, they are murdering these patients and no one is doing anything about it. Now, that's alarming. I don't know about you, but that's alarming to me. Go check it out on my Instagram at Mo Today, M-O-E-T-O-D-A-Y, or my Facebook at Mind of the Entrepreneur. And be sure to watch and share her entire testimony. Now, a couple of y'all emailed, and, emailed me and said, but Wendy, COVID-19 is affecting everyone. Why do you guys keep talking about black people? Now, I'm assuming that you haven't seen the statistics or maybe that those statistics don't have a face to you or that you think that when we say that we're alarmed by the death rate uh, among black and Hispanic people that we don't care about the death rate among other races. That would be my only thought for why you would bother to, to email about that. But let me give you a little analogy that may help you. Now, sit up and pay attention because you got to follow the storyline. 
All right. Now, let's say I live in a neighborhood, right? That's about six blocks. And I live on Pine Street. And the other streets in the neighborhood are Walnut Street, Oak Street, Maple Street, Cedar Street, and Hickory Street. And let's imagine that it's a beautiful tree-lined middle-class neighborhood with large homes that generally are occupied by larger-than-average families, right? So many two-parent households with three to four children of various ages and extended family members living there, like elderly grandparents and, and aunts and friends. So um, imagine this. The neighborhood is very ethnically, socially, and financially diverse. But in the middle of my street, which is Pine Street, the road has caved in, creating this huge crater in the middle of the street. And we've been waiting and waiting for the city to come and fix this huge crater. I mean, this thing is huge. And while we've been patiently waiting for the city to come and fix the crater, my next-door neighbor falls in the crater, uh, her car falls in the crater, and she hits her head and suffers a concussion. Uh, the people across the street's grandmother fell in the crater, and she broke her hip and had to have hip surgery. The people on the corner had a son that was skateboarding, and he fell in the crater and hit his head and died. We have a toddler missing, and we think she fell into the crater, and countless number of bad things are happening because this crater is not getting fixed. Follow me. Now, even the sewer pipe has burst down in there, and there's a sewer stench on the block that's emitting fumes that has affected our ability to breathe. And a couple people now have been diagnosed with cancer, that we aren't sure whether or not relates to this open crater with this busted sewer pipe. Have you ever experienced that smell before? Why don't you smell it for a minute as you walk through this story with me? Imagine that open sewer line coming from the very block that you live on. Live, in, live on. Now, keep following me. Let's say that after months and countless accidents and deaths, the city, the city still has not shown up to fix that crater, even though we've been complaining and complaining and complaining. And let's say... I go to city council, right? I go to city council meeting where all the residents in the neighborhood are present, people from Maple Street, people from Walnut Street, Cedar Street, Oak Street, and all the streets in the neighborhood are present, right? And I'm livid because this has become dangerous and deadly. I come armed with my statistics and my blood is boiling. Let's also say that I'm emotional and I'm yelling and advocating for people on Pine Street who are my neighbors and family members because we're experiencing a record number of fatalities, all because our city has neglected this crater in the middle of the street with the open pipes causing the stench that's fumigating the block. Now, if all that were true, would you accuse me of not liking the people on Maple Street just because I'm advocating for the people on my block? Why would I have a problem with the people on Walnut or Cedar Street? I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the people on my block, which is Pine Street, who are in trouble. They're dying. Now, the only way I have a problem with the people who live on the surrounding blocks, though, is if you the one put the crater in the street, or if you're coming by and pushing people in the crater or dumping garbage in the crater or doing something that exacerbates the problem. Well, then, yes, I would have a problem with you. But if you're living your life on your street, why would you be uncomfortable with me advocating for people who are dying on my street? In fact, I would expect that you would help me because we're your neighbors and that you wouldn't want to see other people dying. Then the question becomes, what if the city never comes to fix the crater? Do I keep talking about the crater and watching people get hurt and die 
or do I figure out how to pool my resources and gather some neighbors and devise a plan to fix the crater ourselves? All right? Why don't you go back and listen to that story and think about that? Now, let's go over some numbers in case you, ha- you aren't convinced yet. Let me put this together. Last Tuesday, check this out. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention released new preliminary nationwide data on Friday that revealed 30% of COVID-19 patients are African-American. Even though African-Americans make up around 13% of the population of the entire United States. Other more recent reports say that half or 50% of all COVID-19 cases and nearly 60% of deaths due to the disease in the U.S. occurred in counties that are disproportionately black. According to data that is being still reviewed by scientists, the numbers of COVID-19 diagnoses and deaths are also higher in counties with a much, with a bigger proportion of black residents, okay? The racial breakdown of COVID-19 cases has trickled out from some states and cities really since March, right? Check this one out. More than 80% of coronavirus patients hospitalized in Georgia were black. According to a recent sample taken by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention of 305 patients. So they went and talked to 305 people or looked at the data from 305 people. And guess what? 80% of those people that were hospitalized from coronavirus were black. All right. Now, I discussed on the previous show that, um, you know, black Americans are more likely to have an underlying condition because of widespread racism and lack of access to quality health care. Um, many differences in health care outcomes in America are produced by high access to things like uh, adequate time to prepare healthy foods at home and adequate money to not, you know, to not be working three shifts and uh, have really high stress levels. Studies show that 22% of black Americans lived in poverty in 2018 compared with 9% of white Americans. Beyond poverty, a number of other factors contribute to poor health during black people. You know, uh, things like redlining. This is this just upsets me. We got a couple minutes left in this segment, but things like redlining and other forms of housing discrimination, this is what is accelerating our death rate. And when we come back from the break, I want to talk to you about some of these statistics that have been coming out in the news because I want you to understand why I'm going to give the solutions that I'm going to give at the end of this talk. So we're going to talk about some memoirs that have been created. Um, I want you to take a moment after the show to go and check out my Instagram and Facebook pages where this nurse gave a testimony. I know you can say that's just one nurse, but the numbers don't lie. Okay. So I want us to really focus on why I believe we are at war in this healthcare industry as African-Americans, okay? So we're going to come right back. We're talking about taking over healthcare. You've been listening to the Mind of an Entrepreneur show, and I'm your host, Wendy Muhammad. Don't go anywhere. 
Good afternoon. This WOL Traffic and Weather Update is sponsored by UPSJobs.com. Northbound Baltimore Washington Parkway slowing from 450 up to 410, where the construction associated with the Purple Line is in the left lane. Southbound New Hampshire Avenue after the Beltway before Adelphi Road. The left two lanes are closed with construction. Inner loop near Allentown Road. The broken down vehicle was in the roadway, now completely cleared. Everything there is open. Also cleared the accident on the inner loop before Connecticut Avenue. Everything there is now opened. Want a great job? Are you 21 or older with a CDLA? Join UPS, now hiring full-time city and road drivers in Elkridge. Apply at upsjobs.com. Now your WOL weather forecast for today. Cloudy with showers, high near 56. Cloudy overnight, clearing late though, down to 44. And then for tomorrow, sunny and a high around 65 degrees. Steve Hirshhorn for Newstalk, 1450 AM WOL, where information is power. We are back and you're tuned in to the Mind of an Entrepreneur show and I'm your host, Wendy Muhammad. Uh, we're talking today about how we need to take back our health care and just to take over the healthcare industry that we need to be planning right now for our people. And I'm sorry for stammering over those statistics, but they just, they just bother me. It's just incredible. But I, I'm going to give you some more. Um, now, check this out. There was an article in U.S. News that discussed the 2015 memoir uh, entitled Black Man in a White Coat, written by uh, Damon Tweedy, which examined race, health, and the healthcare profession from his perspective as an African-American doctor navigating through a mostly white world. Let me give you some more statistics that we dis- that uh, before we get into the memoir, okay? According to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, there are an estimated 45,000 black or African-American physicians in the United States. Among active physicians, 56% identified as white, 17% identified as Asian, 6% identified as Hispanic, and only 5% identified as black or African American. Then according to USA Today, the proportion of medical students who identified as African American or black rose from 5.6% in 1980 to 7.7% in 2016, so about from 6 to 8%. Um, and that's according to the uh, AMA. There's a, there's a substantial increase, but still we're short of the 13.2% um, in the general population. Now, this memoir concluded that healthcare has a serious problem with diversity, with few doctors of color and white doctors who struggle to relate to black patients, particularly African-American men. The numbers support his conclusion. Roughly 6% of physicians and surgeons are black. Even as African-Americans continue to struggle with a range of negative health outcomes compared with whites. More evidence comes from a recent National Bureau of Economic Research paper um, indicating, you know, this one's interesting. African-American men are more likely to feel comfortable with and take health cues from doctors who look like them, all right? The findings also suggest that increased screening by a more diverse doctor workforce could help close the life expectancy gap between white and black men. Now, Damon Tweedy, who wrote this memoir, this is his memoir, says that African-American men can be more fearful and mistrustful of these systems, particularly particularly in healthcare where it can be really scary. Go pick up his memoir. 
Um, he's an associate professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at the Duke University School of Medicine. Medicine is its own world, and it's hard to navigate it if you don't know what's going on, he said. Um, what that patient might need most or more than anything else is someone to reassure them that their concerns matter, that you care about what's happening to them. We see that firsthand at MIVC. We specifically market to African-American men for this very, very reason. Uh, we're trying to help reduce the mortality rates of African-American men. We have a sizable African-American male patient population who generally, who generally present themselves to, to us in advanced stages of various diseases that have either been um, misdiagnosed, not treated, treated incorrectly, or not diagnosed at all. You know what we need? We need more facilities that are dedicated to the treatment or that are focused on the treatment of African-Americans and Hispanics with professionals, professionals who work and own them, who know our cultures and who care deeply about our outcomes, point blank. There are many well-intentioned people of color who work at many hospitals and healthcare facilities around the country, don't get me wrong, but understand that they may be part of a system that limits their ability to give solution-based care to you and to your loved ones. That system um, that they work for could be heavily influenced by pharmaceutical companies or medical device vendors. That system could be heavily influenced by business people who own the facility that practice predatory capitalism. Don't get me wrong. You have to make a profit in order to stay open and employ quality staff members. But if you are conscious, you can design a system that will allow you to make a profit while simultaneously focusing on the overall well-being of your patient, patients. And those well-intentioned healthcare professionals may need courses on racial sensitivity and understanding the communication patterns of Hispanic and black people. Um, they just may not understand you. And don't think that just because they look like you that they understand you because they may have been educated in a system that is inherently biased against you. So what do we do? And I got uh, four quick points here I want to give you before we end the show. Number one, you need to be your own advocate. Do your research. Find doctors and facilities that will allow you to ask questions and who have a track record of success with people that look like you. If somebody won't let you ask questions, you need to get up and walk out, okay? At the Minimally Invasive Vascular Center, we focus on patient education. In fact, we market through education. Many patients come to us after having had a surgery or a major treatment that was never explained to them. They've undergone these treatments and they're still suffering. We see this probably 50 to 60% of the time. And when we ask them, what surgery did you have or what treatment have you undergone? Most of the time they say, I don't know. But all I know is the same thing that's hurting me today is the same thing that was hurting me before I went to surgery. That has to stop, okay? Number two, don't go at this alone. I know that during this pandemic, patients are separated from their loved ones and often suffer and die alone with no one there as a witness, you know, to what is happening or what's going on. But in general, remember this. People tend to perform a bit better when someone is watching, okay? So do your best not to be alone. Number three, we need to open more medical facilities. And, and, and listen, if you're a licensed surgeon, or a physician, and you're interested in partnering with a conscious group of professionals, then give us a call or email me. Our number is 855-803-MIVC. That's 855-803-6482. Or you can email me at wendy.muhammad at mivcmd.com. 
We are healthcare developers and consultants, and if you have the necessary capital, we can help you to get your facility open. In addition, we're looking for conscious African-American surgeons and physicians. So send us your CV if you want to work around other like-minded uh, healthcare professionals. Number four, we need more licensed African-American healthcare professionals, period. And I need to break this down because we get confused and we think that just because we see someone in scrubs that they're a licensed healthcare professional and maybe that they can uh, write prescriptions and stuff, but that's not always true. You've got to educate yourself on the different types of physicians and subsurgical specialists so that when you have something wrong with you, you know how to either go to the appropriate physician or surgeon, or you know how to ask your primary care physician to write you a referral to the appropriate uh, person. Let me give you some quick stats um, before we go. Let me see how much time we got left. You know what? Let me just go right into um, how we can mitigate our risk. All right. Um, and we we need more we need more offices. We need more facilities. We need to stop going there alone. We need to educate ourselves, and then we need to figure out what we can do to mitigate the risk. There's a quote from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad that says, the problem is that you eat too much of the wrong foods at the wrong times. We must begin to eat to live. Go pick up his book. There are documented cases of people who have reversed disease and enjoyed a long life well past 80 years of age with this practice that he outlines in his book called How to Eat to Live. There's also Dr. Sabi who said that real soul food is food that enhances the soul. Healing has to be consistent with life itself. If it isn't, then it's not healing. The components have to be from life. I encourage you to pick up his book. Then there is our late brother, Dick Gregory, who was diagnosed with lymphoma in late 1999. He said he was treating the cancer with herbs, vitamins, exercise, which he believed kept the cancer in remission. He wrote a book called Dick Gregory's Natural Diet for Folks Who Eat, Cooking with Mother Nature. Get that book. Let's get healthy so we can get rid of some of these pre-existing conditions that are killing us in, in record numbers. We must take back control of our health. Let's take over the healthcare industry in a systematic and strategic manner. Send me an email if you're an African-American surgeon or physician who wants to open their own facility. This is going to require capital, so you will need to come to the table with some resources. If not, we are also looking for African-American surgeons with a valid license and a proven track record of success to work with us in one of our facilities. You can send me an email at wendy.muhammad at mivcmd.com. we got to take back our health care, okay? Um, go do your research. research. Um, look, follow me on social media at Mo Today. That's M-O-E-P-O-D-A-Y or at Facebook at Mind of the Entrepreneur. I think we got like two minutes left. Um, oh, let me tell you this. Join the Mind of an Entrepreneur movement, and if you do this, I can text you updates. You just need to text do for self D-O, the number 4-S-E-L-F, to 855-574-9099. That's 855-574-9099. And um, I'm not on Twitter that much, so I won't give that out to you. And guess what? We got some more T-shirts in, so if you want a T-shirt, you can cash at me and my team, and we'll get a shirt out to you. My cash app email for the T-shirts is wendy100m at gmail.com. We've reduced the price to $25. Just put Mo T-shirt and your size in the subject line, and we'll drop that in the mail to you right away. So with that, listen, 
Let's take back the healthcare industry. Surgeons, physicians, hit me up. Let's, let's put together a consortium. My business partner has an organization that he's forming. Um, we want to take over healthcare, and we got to stop dying in these record numbers. So with that, you've been listening to the Mind of an Entrepreneur show. I am your host, Wendy Muhammad. Make it a great day. You have been listening to The Mind of an Entrepreneur with host Wendy Muhammad. If you would like to be a guest on her show or become a sponsor, call us at 1-844-MO-TODAY. 1-844-663-8632. Or email us at mindofanentrepreneurtoday at gmail.com. Tune in next week right here on WOL 95.9 FM and 1450 AM. 